the Wilkow Majority. Yummy. An all-you-can-eat buffet for your intellect. Well, here's a headline from the Washington Examiner. The onslaught of lawfare against Trump, Netanyahu, and Guatemala's Jimmy Morales. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu visited the White House this week, is facing a dubious indictment for corruption, and Israel's election looms on April 9th. Netanyahu joins Trump as a political target of his own nation's legal system. A third leader in the same position is Guatemalan President Jimmy Morales, who supported both Netanyahu and Trump. And at the 2018 APAC conference, Morales announced the date he would move Guatemala's embassy to Jerusalem. Attacks against his tenure have kept him from attending APAC this year. Joining me on the program is Steve Hecht. Let's see. How you doing, sir? Doing great, Andrew. Pleasure to be with you again. Gotta be honest, don't normally include the president of Guatemala in discussions of Trump and Netanyahu. Of course not. But so where does where, for that. where does where does Guatemala's president and dare I say a, a party within their their system where does how does that fit, where does that that fit in with with Israel? It fits in because uh, Guatemala has had a traditional close relationship with Israel. Its ambassador in 1947 presented the resolution that led Israeli statehood. They've had very strong relations since then, and last year. Uh, well, actually, yeah, uh, 2017, actually, when uh, uh, Trump announced that he was going to move the U.S. embassy to um, uh, Jerusalem, there was a vote in the United Nations to condemn him. Only, I think, uh, nine countries uh, supported him. Guatemala was one of those countries. And then shortly thereafter, at Christmas of uh, 2017, President Morales of Guatemala announced that he was moving Guatemala's embassy to Jerusalem. Today, there are only two embassies in Jerusalem, Guatemala and the United States. And as a result of that, uh, Morales became close with both Trump and Netanyahu, and then he got attacked by his left, and uh, now he's kind of marginalized. You know, this is something I I don't get. Uh, I guess it is the, the rot of the far left. I mean, you have, you know, these far left Marxist Leninist factions all throughout Central and South America. And for some reason, they they have this hatred to a tiny little country in the Middle East. <laughs> yes, they do. And it's really about freedom that <clears throat> if you look at the policies of Netanyahu and Trump and Morales is similar, not as strong as those two, of course, is they stand for free markets, rule of law, and individualism, whereas their opponents in all three places stand for controlled markets, arbitrary application of law, and collectivism, which here can be best uh, seen in identity politics. Well, let me ask you this, because, you know, I remember I remember a lot of Jewish groups became very increasingly worried with the late Hugo Chavez's uh, anti-Semitic rhetoric as his as his country began to fail. His anti-Semitic rhetoric went up and there is a Jewish community in Venezuela that became increasingly on, on edge about what would happen to them. You know, they say Donald Trump is is an anti-Semite. I, I don't know how you could surmise that, given his grandchildren are Orthodox Jews. His daughter married an Orthodox Jew, con- converted to Orthodox Judaism, practices Orthodox Judaism in her own life. He is one of the biggest friends of Israel. Um, 
when I look at this, it, it, it seems it's 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 like when they and I read a piece last night where the person was trying to convince me that. Uh, Adolf Hitler wasn't a socialist. Well, if you can remove the word socialist from National Socialist German Workers Party, I'd love to hear it. There seems to be something, and I, I don't know how Bernie Sanders gets away with it, other than he doesn't seem to be a practicing Jew, that the the, the further you go to the socialist left, the more anti-Semitic it seems to become. That's correct. And you know, I was just said uh, just at the end of the APAC conference, and uh, they're, they should be very concerned about uh, the support for Israel has been a bipartisan uh, uh, thing for a long time, and that's starting to fray now. Democrats are having a hard time uh, <clears throat> with their younger, uh, younger crowd, and Democrats are now questioning the, the support for Israel. So, yes, to collect, I mean, this has to do, it's, it's, it's anti-liberty. I mean, if you're going to impose collectivism, socialism on countries, you can't do it with a straight up vote. You've got to fool people. You've got to, you've got to bring them along unknowingly to, to what Lenin called useful idiots uh, in, in, into following that program, which is really destructive. And if you don't believe that, look at Venezuela. And, and that Cort, uh, Casio-Cortez and Sanders say that what they're talking about is something completely different. No, it's the same thing. And, you know, we don't have time to go into it, but it's easy to show that it's exactly the same thing. Well, you know, so Israel, in all fairness, does have its socialist tendencies, you know, among them being everybody serves in the military. Uh, they have they have uh, fairly high taxes. I mean, it's a very tiny country. But here's something that I find bizarre. The tendency of socialists to look upon someone as evil is because they break everything down into victim and oppressor, right? So there's there's no gray areas. Someone's the victim, someone's the oppressor. And because of the Palestinians and some of the surrounding nations being impoverished largely, they look at Israel not as a shining example, but as an oppressive force. And my pushback on that is, do you think that these nations, that these Islamic republics would be any better off if Israel just didn't exist, that somehow all of a sudden there'd be wealth and opportunity and, and human rights that would start flowing in, into these Islamic republics, the, the the war between Sunni and Shia would go away, ISIS would pack up its tent and, and head out, and there would be no more you know terrorist organizations. What are you talking about? The problem is Israel makes everybody look bad. That's correct, because it's a free country, because it does practice rule of law and individualism. Although the left over there, just like they do here and just like they do in Guatemala, is working to undermine that rule of law. That, that, that was one of the points of the article that I wrote, that lawfare is, is, is being used. They're using lawfare to tie up and distract uh, their opponents. They, they want to bring down Netanyahu. They want to bring down Trump. And uh, they're doing a good job on Jimmy Morales. So they're trying to take that place over. They want to impose their one-party states on their targets. And freedom, individualism, rule of law, that's their enemy. And they have to, they have to tear it down to be successful. And, and we better wake up and pay attention. And Guatemala is, is a great example because of its weak institutions, what they have done in Guatemala, the lawfare crowd, which was really started by Barack Obama, and, and he imposed a lot of people in Guatemala uh, on the criminal justice system. They took it over. They took over the courts. And you could see people in jail who have done nothing, no crime, with their constitutional rights violated, without any publicity. And they do this 
regularly. And if you want to see where lawfare ends, like you see this Mueller thing and, and, and what they're doing, what they did to Trump with that, and that they don't care what the facts are, and they're continuing to push that line now, if you look at Guatemala, you can see where that leads to. There is a judicial dictatorship there where nobody has any rights. And that's, those are the people that are opposing Morales. And that's the point that I was trying to make in that article. We better pay attention. You want to see where this thing can lead in, in the United States or in Israel? Take a look at Guatemala, and it will show you because it's the same people promoting the same policies. Well, I got to leave it here, but I will say this. You know, I, I, I try to warn people all the time, watch out for the academic left, because this stuff always starts as a white paper or, uh, you know, a, a doctoral paper or uh, a law review paper, right? That it, it doesn't just spring forth from nowhere. This is the kind of stuff that's being talked about uh, in, in, I don't want to say secret societies, but you have people in the halls of academia who are the ones that cook this stuff up. I mean, this is how... This kind of stuff makes its way into the government. Well, because they're detached from reality. They just work with ideas. Ideas have no consequences until they're applied. And when they're applied, well, then you got Venezuela, you got Cuba. All right, I got to leave it there. You have a uh, you have a good time at APAC there in D.C. Thanks so much for joining us. Have a good weekend. Thank you, Andrew. Safe to you. All right, one eight six six ninety five Patriot nine five seven two. You never thought Guatemala. You know, look, I give Guatemala a bad rap for it, you know, its its position uh in our immigration problem. That doesn't mean that there aren't good people in Guatemala and good people in the government. It just means that like he said, weak institutions. But you don't normally factor in Guatemala when you're discussing Trump and Netanyahu. But this is how the academic far left attacks its enemies. It uses what seems like the legal system known as lawfare. It creates phony charges, phony allegations that become the subject of court cases that are used to remove people, many who have been duly elected. Second hour next, we're right there wrong. That's the end of the story. The arguments on this radio program cannot be broken. Follow us on Twitter at WillCountMajority, at WillCountMajority, at WillCountMajority. SiriusXM Patriot. Patriot.